Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. Follow the show on social media, subscribe to the newsletter, and watch the show live on YouTube. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. Um, so we can move into the actual topic, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to a patron on Patreon, Rose, thank you so much for your support. Um, you have been my supporter from day one, and I really, really appreciate you so much. And so if you guys want to go check out her website and her YouTube channel, I will leave those links in the description below. She has a website called Wiccan Homestead, and it's wiccanhomestead.com. So please make sure that you go check her out. And again, thank you, Rose, so much for your support. Um, and I do need to talk about why I'm talking about what I'm talking about today. That was a mouthful. Um, so today we're talking about shadow work. And the reason we're talking about shadow work is because it's something that I am incorporating into my depth year for 2020. And it's something that I have seen within the spiritual community, within the pagan community for a couple of years now. But honestly, I was too scared to confront my own shadow and figure out what was going on in my brain and really dive deep and do some self-exploration. I'm not going to lie to you. The idea of shadow work for me is daunting and scary because of what it entails. So I'm talking about shadow work today because of my depth year, but I know that a lot of people are currently working on doing shadow work for themselves or it's something that they're thinking about exploring. So I wanted to give some sort of basic information on shadow work and how you can do shadow work, what it is, and just some tips and techniques and also um, some information about who should not do shadow work because of how intense it can be. So I have my notes here and I have a lot of quotes and I'm actually going to start off with one. So people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own souls. They will practice Indian yoga and all its exercises, observe a strict regimen of diet, learn the literature of the whole world, all because they cannot get on with themselves and have not the slightest faith that anything useful could ever come out of their own souls. Thus, the soul has gradually been turned into a Nazareth from which nothing good can come. Carl Jung. So, the reason I started this off with a quote from Carl Jung is because this is where the idea of the shadow comes from. Now, Carl Jung is 
a psychologist. So yes, shadow work is not a spiritual idea or a religious idea. It comes out of psychology. And Carl Jung and his idea of the shadow comes out of his ideas of the ego, the id, and the superego. So yes, understanding the shadow and shadow work, you're going to have to understand a little bit of psychology. Hopefully I do my high school psychology teacher proud. <laughs> so according to Carl Jung, the shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality for no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort. To become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge and it therefore, as a rule, meets with considerable resistance. Indeed, self-knowledge as a psychotherapeutic measure frequently requires much painstaking work extending over a long period. Now, this comes out of one of Carl Jung's books uh, written in 1976, and I will leave all of my links, all of my sources, everything in the description box below for those watching on YouTube and for podcast listeners, all of my links will be in the show notes. And I might even include these quotations there as well. Haven't decided on that yet because I do have several and they can get quite long. Um, so within psychology, the shadow is referred to as the id and it's, it's the unknown side of the human psyche. And since it's the unknown side, the reason that it's unknown is because it's something that over time, as we have grown and matured, the ideas that are contained within the shadow are repressed or rejected for one reason or another. So this means that a lot of the things in your shadow might end up being negative. However, not everything that's contained in your shadow is going to be negative. And this can hold true for people that have self-image issues and confidence issues. Okay. Um, so yeah, sorry. Um, so it's largely negative because people tend to reject or remain ignorant of the least desire, least desirable parts of their personality. And this comes from, like I said, the growth and life experience. So as you're growing up, if you're constantly told or you constantly see that this one thing that you're doing or that you're saying is wrong and, you know, your family is rejecting that idea or that concept or society rejects that idea or that concept, subconsciously, your mind your ego, the ego part of you, is going to push that behavior, push that behavior or push that emotion back into the shadow and repress it and reject it. Now, this can happen with anything. So, for example, here in American culture, right, we see the idea of sexuality as being very not necessarily hidden, but being very taboo. Being open about sexuality is seen as being very taboo. And that has a lot to do with the way that we were brought up as a society. So it tends to lead to like a lot of women 
not knowing specific things about their body because they were never taught. And it leads to a lot of men thinking that pornography is real because that's all that they see in sex and sexuality. And that's all that they know. But that is, that is part of the shadow and the repression at work, in my opinion. Now, I'm not a psychologist, so please don't take what I say as 100% fact. This is just me speculating, but I think that's a pretty good speculation based on my research for the shadow and the psychology behind repression and um, emotional and cognitive behaviors. So, um, according to Jung's theory, we move as far away as we can from the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that we may subconsciously find dangerous in one way or another. So, like I explained about the sex and sexuality, someone who would find that dangerous, and, and dangerous is relative in this in this manner of speaking. So, danger here could mean like physical danger, you are in actual danger of being harmed, or it could be emotional danger, maybe there is um, a chance of emotional harm or um, social danger. Maybe there's a chance of you being an outcast for specific things that you say or do. Those are all concepts of danger in the way our mind works. So we would push these things down to attempt to prevent being judged by other people for the parts of ourselves that society doesn't approve of or that we don't approve of. But that leads to repression and it also leads to something that Jung calls um, projection. So um, projection is like the first sign that something is hidden in your shadow. So what projection is, is like, I often think of it in terms of myself. So when I'm self-conscious about something on my person with my body, that's often the first thing that I notice about someone else because it's what I am self-conscious of with my own body, right? That's, that's kind of a projection. But with your shadow, it's the concept is similar, but it has to do with emotions and behaviors. So if you encounter someone and you have a knee-jerk reaction to something that they're doing and you don't know why it upsets you or why it irritates you, that is you projecting your rejection of that behavior from your shadow onto someone else. Now that can get really complicated and honestly not everything that makes you mad is a projection of your shadow. Sometimes things make you mad because they just make you mad. So don't don't go too deep with that part of it. I mean it is important but you have to be able to think critically about it and analyze what's going on, what happened, how you reacted, and how that plays a part in the situation. Um, and I have some more quotes here. Sorry, I've got some tea because I woke up not feeling great. So I'm going to drink my echinacea tea. 
Um, so someone named Herman, Herman Hess, I think, or Hesse, I'm not sure how you say their last name, but they said, if you hate a person, you hate something in him that is part of yourself. What isn't part of ourselves doesn't disturb us. Now, this, in my opinion, is a little controversial. And I don't agree 100% with what this person says. Because you can hate someone for very valid reasons. And I can think of a couple of things with our current state of the world right now where a lot of hate is being thrown around. But hating without a valid reason could be a projection of your shadow. Now, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to hate anyone and that if you do hate someone, you need to look inwards at yourself because what you hate in them is something inside of you that you're rejecting. That's not always the case. Sometimes there are very valid reasons for hate or a severe dislike of someone in either your personal life or the public sphere, you know, that I don't fully agree with that quote, but I'm going to put it out there just so you guys can hear it and you can think about it and make up your own mind and come to your own conclusions. So I have another quote here um, from Carl Jung and this one, this one I like. So it explains sort of the conflict between the ego and the id. So between the uh, person that you are, so who you project to the outer world. When you think of um, like, who am I? You are going to think of who is out there interacting with the world around you. So in my case, my ego would be me right here talking to you listening and watching the video. Um, but this quote talks about the conflict between the ego and the shadow. Because when you're first looking at shadow work and the differences between the ego and the shadow, it's really easy to make a reaction and say, yes, my ego is my good and my shadow is my bad. There is good and evil and it's just black and white. But that's not true. That's not the case. And if you're going to do shadow work, you need to be able to critically analyze yourself and look inwards and be honest with yourself. So Carl Jung says that unfortunately, there can be no doubt that man is, on the whole, less good than he imagines himself or wants to be. So if you think about that for a second, in terms of who you are and knowing what you know now about the ego and the shadow, what do you think that means? So for me, that means that I can put on this you know, like, I am a great person, I am happy, I am generous. But on the other side of that, I know that within my shadow self, I have the ability to be mean and spiteful and jealous and selfish. And it's human nature, but that is part of the shadow. And if you ignore the shadow, you're just going to keep repressing and honestly, you might end up more miserable in the long run because there are parts of you that you're refusing to understand and you're refusing to identify or you might not even know that they are 
there within you because maybe you've never been taught to look within yourself and do some self-exploration. So continuing on with that quote, he says, everyone carries a shadow and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. If an inferiority is conscious, one always has a chance to correct it. Furthermore, it is constantly in contact with other interests so that it is continually subjected to modifications. But if it is repressed and isolated from consci consciousness, it never gets corrected. So that is a quote from Carl Jung and his book, Psychology and Religion, written in 1938 or published in 1938. So going back over all of that, you can see that the ego is the, the I. I am whatever, you know, it is what you present to the world around you. And the id, the shadow, is what you keep hidden within yourself, whether you are aware of it or not. So shadow work is the process of meeting your shadow, essentially meeting your shadow self coming to terms with those parts of you that were repressed or rejected for whatever reason. Now, this doesn't mean you have to accept everything from your shadow 100%. You don't have to act on any impulses that are within your shadow self because as Jung, as Jung stated, um, you know, if it's repressed and isolated from consciousness, it never has the opportunity to be corrected. But if you are aware of it and you are making an active attempt to coexist with your shadow, then behavior and emotional modification is possible. So Carl Jung says that filling the conscious mind with ideal conceptions is a characteristic of Western theosophy but not the confrontation with the shadow and the world of darkness. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but, my, but by making the darkness conscious. Now, he proposed that shadow work be a solution to the divide between the ego and the id. And like I said, it is a process of becoming aware of our impulses, aware of those emotions and behaviors and choosing how or whether or not we actually act on them. So in um, The Psychology of Unconsciousness, Carl Jung wrote that it is frightening, it is a frightening thought that man also has a shadow side to him, consisting not just of little weaknesses and foibles, but of a positively demonic dynamism. Dynam dynamism? <laughs> the individual seldom knows anything of this. To him, as an individual, it is incredible that he should ever in any circumstances go beyond himself. But let these harmless creatures form a mass and there emerges a raging monster. And each individual is only one tiny cell in the monster's body, so that for better or worse, he must accompany it on its bloody rampages and even assist it to the utmost. Having a dark suspicion of these grim possibilities, man turns a blind eye to the shadow side of human nature. So basically, in my opinion, that means that every single person has the capability of acting horribly. 
every person on the planet has the capability of committing atrocities and being horrible people. The difference is between the people who do it and the people who don't. So this is why I am such a big proponent of shying away from that new age idea of love and light and ignoring the darkness in the world and ignoring the darkness within yourself because you can't you can't have it both ways because if you've got nothing but light then you're not whole in my opinion you have to embrace both sides in order to truly grow now that's just my opinion and to me it makes sense so if it doesn't make sense to you let me know in the comments or um, send me an email and I'd love to talk about it um, we can chat about it on Facebook too but let's let's keep going so according to Young the purpose of shadow work is to integrate your two sides so integrate your ego and your id like I said to become a whole because them being separate you have you have a conflict so what just popped into my head right now is the concept I'm not sure if you have watched the new um, series of charms that the CW is doing if you haven't and you plan on watching it you might want to like skip the next few seconds because there might be some spoilers here um, but if you, it makes me think of how they did the concept of white lighters and dark lighters in the new series of Charmed. So basically they took one person and split them to create the white lighter and they didn't want the dark lighter side. They didn't want the darker aspects of human nature within the white lighter because then it allows for more critical thinking and more analysis and realizing that not every situation is black or white so they took the darker aspect out of the person and put it in a bottle and like left left that part to rot okay that's what it reminds me of so the whole purpose of shadow work is to integrate those two parts of yourself to realize that yes these are parts of you but they don't make you evil they don't make you a bad person and what would make you evil or a bad person is if you chose to act on some impulse that brought harm to a bunch of people. That would make you a bad person if you did it for no reason, right? So according to Jung, that is the whole point of doing shadow work, to integrate and to become whole. So... He also says that um, it's it's like a it's a healing process. So I have written here that when you integrate your ego and your shadow, and when you work on them and you do the shadow work, we stop rejecting parts of our personalities and we find ways to bring them forward in our lives. So it doesn't mean that if you have homicidal urges, you get to act on them and go on a killing spree. It means that the fear, aggression, and wisdom informs our actions and decisions and our interactions with others. 
it's a process of healing because in doing shadow work, we come to understand why we feel the way we do, why we do the things we do, and it can allow for us to be more empathetic to the people around us who haven't gone through the shadow work and the integration of the ego and the id, of the ego and the shadow. So that is why shadow work is important in my opinion and not just from a psychological perspective because shadow work is going on in the spiritual community as well. I mean, I know there's a lot more to the psychology of Carl Jung and his theories of the id, the ego, and the superego. There is so much more to that. But I'm talking specifically about shadow work in a spiritual sense. So now we know what the shadow is. Now we know what shadow work is. But why do it? What are the spiritual benefits of doing shadow work and of doing that sort of self-exploration? So some of these are my opinion. Some of these I got from the sources that will be linked in the description and in the show notes. But just really quick, some of the benefits of shadow work, it can improve relations, uh, relationships, it can give you clearer perception, uh, psychological maturity, spiritual growth, and um, can help you to avoid spiritual bypass. So let's talk about these really quick. It can improve relationships and give you a clearer perception. I'm going to put those two together because I think they go hand in hand. When you realize that everyone is made up of the ego, the id, and the superego, you become more aware of why people might do things that they do. And you become more empathetic and you might develop a better, an ability to communicate better. And all of this comes from exploring yourself and realizing why you feel the way you do, why you might have random emotional reactions to a situation that logically those reactions shouldn't have happened. And it will allow you to communicate with your partner, with your family, and with people in general on a better and clearer level because you will be able to take a step back and react in a logical way. And this is especially true if your shadow carries a lot of emotional baggage. So the emotional baggage is going to be like when something happens and you get really upset, but you have no idea why. So I'll use an example from myself. I'm a crier. Okay. <laughs> I cry at basically anything. You raise your voice to me just a little bit too loud, you might make me cry. Okay, that is something that within my shadow that I need to work on because someone raising their voice at me, crying is a knee-jerk emotional reaction. Okay, and I know I'm not the only one that's like that and I still need to do some self-exploration for why I have that kind of reaction. But that is an example from my own personal experience. Now, another example would be if someone does something and you just immediately get angry, OK? 
okay, something within you just snaps and you're just pissed and you don't know why. And you ask yourself like, why did that happen? Why do I feel that way? So when you explore the shadow and you do your shadow work, you will be able to better understand why your emotions can get so out of control or why you might have a knee-jerk emotional reaction like that. You have to do the work in order to understand it. Now, some of it might be super easy to understand and you might be able to trace those emotional reactions back to something that happened in your childhood or some past trauma or something to that effect. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not that easy. So that is how shadow work can benefit your relationships and give you a clearer perspective of the world around you. Now, as far as psychological maturity goes, it just, it brings with it the wisdom and the understanding of what's going on with you psychologically. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, mental health and mental illness towards the end. Uh, So all of this stuff, unless you feel comfortable with it, most of what I'm saying right now will apply to most people who are neurotypical. So most people who don't have a mental illness or who don't suffer with anything like that. So if you have a mental illness, please stick around and hang out. I will be talking about some of that stuff towards the end of this episode. Um, But as far as psychological, psychological growth goes, having the understanding of yourself and your ego and your shadow will really bring with it the maturity that you need to grow and develop and start working on yourself as a person. And that is the psychological aspect of it. Now that also leads into the spiritual growth because since you will have the understanding of what's going on with you psychologically, you can then break through any spiritual barriers that you might have. Like maybe you're afraid to approach a topic for one reason or another and then you do some shadow work and you figure out why you have that fear then you it will make you better equipped to push through that fear and explore that topic because you want to because you know why you're afraid now and you can embrace the fear and learn from it because maybe it's not a rational fear If it's in your shadow, chances are it's not a rational fear. So having the understanding of the psychological process will allow you to move forward in a more spiritual movement. And that leads me into the shadow work and spiritual bypass. So spiritual bypass is the love and light. Spiritual bypass is when... People out there, whoever is practicing this love and light only, they are bypassing a natural part of the human psyche, a natural part of the spiritual world. So spiritual bypass means you are ignoring everything that is not positive, everything that doesn't bring any good into your life. You are ignoring the darkness. You are ignoring the shadow. You are ignoring the negative. Now, psychologically, we know that when you ignore those things and you don't acknowledge them and you don't work on them or work through them, 
it can make you miserable and you can just go through life with a facade and just it yeah it can make you miserable so shadow work allows you to avoid spiritual bypass by confronting the shadow and the darkness within yourself so that you can move through move through your spirituality and your just your being as a person more whole you won't be so split and so divided between your ego and your shadow it allows you to move forward in a more whole manner okay so before we get into different techniques and methods for how to do shadow work i want to talk about um some things that you should know before starting shadow work and some cautions for those who want to explore shadow work but who might have things like like i do major depressive disorder uh, generalized anxiety ptsd those sorts of mental illnesses mental health issues can make doing shadow work very hard and very painful so if you have any of these concerns or any concerns in general about exploring shadow work then you might want to explore shadow work under the supervision of a licensed professional now i don't mean like go seek out a licensed professional in shadow work shadow work is psychology go seek out a therapist or a psychiatrist or don't do it on your own okay shadow work is not an easy thing to do it can be painful and you know it can it can bring things up that you might have forgotten about or that might be really really hard for you to face and i am just beginning my journey my walk through shadow work and i can tell you that it's already been a little rough you know and I'm going through the process of journaling and I am writing about shadow work on my blog and it can be hard and one thing about shadow work that scares me is I do have PTSD from childhood trauma but I also have repressed memories so i'm not going to go into the details here if you want to read about some of the details you can i have a blog post if you're watching live on youtube right now um that blog post will be coming out in about half an hour it'll post at noon pacific standard time podcast listeners it should already be out by the time you hear this episode um but i have huge chunks of memory that are missing. I can't remember any of it. And a lot of the memories that are missing are from my childhood. So shadow work scares me because I don't know if like if these memories are bad, if there's a reason I can't remember anything or if it's just, you know, I have a poor memory. I don't know. And that is one thing that scares me about doing shadow work is, am I going to uncover more trauma? Am I, like, what am I going to be faced with, you know? So 
again, if you have any of these concerns and you don't feel comfortable exploring shadow work on your own, see a therapist, see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, see somebody who can help you through it. And don't go it alone if you're uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. Okay, be safe and your keep your mental health and your mental well-being at, at the forefront. So we know shadow work is important, but your mental health is also important. So I want everybody to be safe in that regard. So now we can talk about how you can do shadow work. <laughs> so the act of doing shadow work is not as hard as it sounds. One of the first things that you can do to really explore the idea of shadow work is meditation. And this is something that I've started to incorporate, especially with my depth year. I have started meditating on a regular basis. I am just starting out with 10 minutes. I'm listening to some music, close my eyes, relax, just let my mind go. Um, I don't always do the type of meditation where you have to still your mind, just keep your mind quiet, no thoughts, nothing. That sort of meditation doesn't work for me because of just the way my brain works. So I acknowledge my thoughts and I let them go. I journal about my day, how I was feeling, and then I analyze it. And I, I figure out like, okay, I felt this at this point in time, but why? You know? And if you have any sort of um, like huge emotional reactions to something, then ask yourself like, why? Why do I feel like this? What happened at that point in time that made me so angry or so sad or so happy? You know, even happiness or overexcitement or an overabundance of joy can be a shadow emotion, you know? So ask yourself those questions if you have those sorts of um, emotional outbursts. Now, you might be the kind of person who, for example, has like no filter on their mouth, okay? Maybe you just say whatever comes to your mind first. And then maybe that happens down the line where you end up regretting what you said and you don't know why you said it. That happens to me sometimes and I'm working on controlling it, but you know, that's that going to take some more exploration. So within doing shadow work, do your meditation, do your journaling, but don't be afraid to question yourself. The whole premise of doing the self-exploration is asking yourself the hard questions and being honest with yourself. You can't do shadow work and lie to yourself because it's going to get you nowhere. You need to be honest with yourself and you have to ask yourself the hard questions. Otherwise, there's no point because you're, you're going to be stagnant. You're not going to go anywhere. So you can also um, talk to yourself, you know, have, have an inner dialogue with these questions and recognize the thoughts and the emotions that you're feeling in that particular moment and maybe say, you know, hey, why? why did I just get sad all of a sudden? Or why am I thinking about this? Or why do I want to do that? You know, have that dialogue with yourself and explore it, you know, because eventually 
the more you talk to your shadow, your shadow will talk back to you. And that will allow you to grow and move forward. Another thing that you can do is to understand that no emotions are bad. <laughs> no emotions are bad. So this is something that I am working on for myself, first of all, but also with my daughter. Your emotions are valid. Just because you might not understand your reaction doesn't mean that there's not a reason for your reaction. Your emotions are valid. There is a reason for rage and for happiness and sadness. So the emotions have a purpose. They're not bad, they're just emotions. Emotions aren't inherently good or bad. It's the situation that those emotions come from and how you react to those emotions that makes them in the human perspective, good or bad. So then, so there are some common shadow beliefs Sorry, my throat's starting to hurt. There are some common shadow beliefs, and these are going to be things like not feeling good enough, feeling inadequate, um, feeling like you're unlovable, feeling like you are flawed, um, you know, so one that I struggle with is not being normal. So if you watched my last live stream or you listened to the last podcast episode, you'll know that I have mental illness and after I had my daughter, after I gave birth, I had postpartum depression really bad. And one thing that I always struggled with in that aspect is not feeling normal. And even still to this day, I'm medicated, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. I take medication regularly to keep my chemicals in my brain balanced so that I don't have another emotional breakdown. I'm not going to lie to you about that, but I constantly struggle with, you know, why can't I just be normal? Why do I have to be medicated to be happy, to feel the emotions that I need to feel, to be a good mom? That is one that I struggle with hard. Why do I have to be medicated to be a good mom? Why can't I be normal? Okay, that's my shadow talking. Because we are presented with this idea of what normal is. And especially for me in this age of super moms and every mom is volunteering at school and baking cookies and there are kids at the house all the time. And that is not me. I mean, I volunteer at the school, but I don't bake cookies. I don't have kids at the house all the time. I don't do all the things. And that plays into my feeling of inadequacy as a mother. And that is something that is common within the shadow. So that is something that I need to explore. Maybe you need to explore it as well. Um, something else. I'm, I'm going to group these last two together because this episode is running a little long. Um, so two other things that you can do for shadow work is practice self-compassion and nurture your inner child. So going through the painful process or the often painful process, it's not painful for everybody, um, of shadow work, you need to have compassion for yourself. You need to realize that these Things that are within you, within your shadow, are there for a reason. They're part of who you are, 
but the only reason that you feel bad about them is because you were told that you had to. You were told either verbally or through seeing what goes on in your home or in society, you were told that those things in your shadow were no good, that they are not a part of you or that they shouldn't be a part of you and that you need to push them back. And pushing those back into your shadow makes it so that you can't work on those things. So it's like Jung said, if they're not in the forefront of consciousness, they can't be shaped, they can't be modified. So practice self-compassion when confronting your shadow and realize that these things in your shadow might be raw, but they are not like hard. They are not um, immovable. They can be changed and shaped so that you can form yourself into a whole instead of being divided. Now, nurturing your inner child is hard for a lot of people. Again, speaking from speaking from experience, most most things in the shadow come from childhood, whether it was just the way you were raised, whether it was childhood trauma, something, most things within the shadow are put into the shadow in childhood. And for a lot of people, nurturing that inner child is going to open up a whole world of wholeness because the inner child had just been ignored for so long. And this is something that I find hard to do because I didn't feel like that when I was a kid. Um, I don't, I'm not playful. <laughs> I feel like I don't have an imagination. You know, I feel really bad when my daughter says, hey, mom, come play with me. And I can't. I physically cannot. It gives me anxiety and I will have a panic attack. If she says, hey, come play Barbies with me, mom. I can't. And I know that has to do with something in my shadow that is holding me back. And nurturing your inner child is a big part of shadow work. If if all of the things from your shadow came from childhood trauma or anything else that happened in your childhood. So to nurture your inner child, one of the things that was recommended is that you go into like a meditative state, meditate and travel back in time and see yourself as a child and give your give child you the compassion and the love that they need. Give them a hug. Say, I love you. You are a good person. I believe in you. Whatever it is that your inner child needs to hear, nurture it and cultivate it. And it's going to be hard. You know, I'm getting kind of emotional just talking about it, but it's going to be hard, you know, but it's going to be so worth it. And <laughs> it's going to allow you to heal from whatever happened and move forward more psychologically mature, more spiritually mature, and just go forward and, and be a better version, a more whole version of yourself. 
think that's a good stopping point. <laughs> so, yeah. If you have any questions about shadow work, leave them in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, you can leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode. You can send me an email. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, all of those links will be in the description and in the show notes. Um, and if you want to keep up with me on my journey through shadow work, I will be blogging about it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make too many videos about it because even just talking about it a little bit right now, it makes me really emotional and it gets really, really difficult. Um, so I don't know how good that would be for a video or a podcast, but I will be blogging about it. If you're interested in following along with my journey and my experience moving through my own shadow, um, I, through the process, I do plan on giving advice and saying what I've learned and what has worked for me and what doesn't work for me, but let's go through it together. So if you are doing shadow work currently, uh, let me know if you've been doing shadow, shadow work for a while. I'd love to hear if you have any advice, if you have any, you know, tips or techniques or things that have worked for you, um, reach out to me or leave them in the comments and in the, in the show notes, because I'm sure other people would benefit from those as well. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode. Oh my gosh. I feel like such a bad person. He's going to call me out for it. Um, I was recently on the Flatlined Beatline podcast with Nightshade. So I'll leave the link to that in the description below as well and in the show notes. Um, sorry, Nightshade, I didn't mention it at the beginning. Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. So his podcast is all about bringing awareness to pagan artists and creators and people like me who have a small following who we aren't you know big names in the industry his whole purpose is to get our names out there so that other people can find our content so that everyone can learn from each other and he's just a really awesome person and you should go listen to his podcast i'll leave the link in the description and in the show notes and until next time i will talk to you guys later bye